0: All right, hey, we're in week two of uh, Just Talking as we look at dating and relationships. And uh, the point of this series is to figure out how we can date in the best way possible. And and what this has to do with God is that God is a loving Father. He wants what's best for us. Um, All of His commands protect us. And so when we are obedient to Him, uh, that really is the best path in life. We talked about that a few months ago as we talked about our paths in life, that God's path is the best path. So we're trying to figure out the best way, to date, which is also the godliest way to date, um, and, and the tough thing is there are no particular scriptures on on dating in the Bible. Um, but the Bible talks a lot about relationships, our relationships with other people, and so um, what we do is we are taking uh, what the Bible says about relationships and applying it in specific ways. To dating, And we looked at two scriptures last week. We'll look at them throughout the series. Um, but we kind of came to this conclusion um, from these two scriptures. It is this. We should date in a way that honors God and values others. We should date in a way that honors God and values others. Others and last week we discussed why, why do we date that, that, That's very important. We have to know why we do something or we're not going to do it very well. we're not going to do it very intentionally, um, and we're certainly not going to do it in the best way possible. And so we've got to know why we date and ultimately, we date to move us towards marriage. We, we established this last week. We date to find yes, some of y'all were here. We date to fi- oh is up there. Okay, we date to find a mate. We date to find a mate ultimately. Dating leads to marriage. You may not get married, but ultimately the point of it is to find a mate, find a spouse, find someone to be married to. And so that is the why. And we ended last week with this idea, and this is where we're gonna we're gonna sit tonight. When you understand why you date, when you understand why you date, it changes who you date. When you understand why you date, it changes who you date. One of the biggest pitfalls of relationships, of dating, of, uh, of even marriage, is, is that sometimes we just get in relationships with the wrong people. And that's simply it. It's, like, it's not that dating is bad, it's not that romance is bad, it's not that relationships are bad, it's that a lot of times we get into the wrong relationship with the wrong person. And I can't tell you how many times I've talked to, to people in, in, when I was in high school and in college and in, in, in my boys and my life group when I used to lead a life group and um, in, in talking to some of you that they have all kind of shared the same thing, that you struggle because you dated the wrong person. And it leads to so much pain we don't have to encounter. It leads to so many breakups that we don't have to go through. It leads to so much, um, just so much hurt in our lives and so much drama that we really don't have to have. If, if we were dating the right people, if we were dating wisely. Um, And so let's start with generally who we date. Generally, this is how we pick who we date. We look around us, either at school, work, the beach, um, wherever, wherever you happen to be on a a day-to-day basis or week-to-week basis. We look around us and we find people that we think are attractive. We think they're cute. We think they're hot. Whatever description you want to use. Gorgeous. You look at them and you think, huh, like that seems like a nice person. But really what you think is that seems like a good looking person. You really don't even know them. And then you start to move towards them in some way, shape or form, whether it's conversation or just like physically, you just go sit by them in class or whatever. And you try to figure out how can I figure out if this person likes me um, or if, if, if how can I get into a relationship with this person? And so very bluntly, we find hot people, or the people that we think are hot, and we try to date them. Now, that is part of it, but it is very, very small in, in, in the total scheme of relationships. See, see, we can't only go on looks. Now, 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 hold on for a second. I just want us to, to, to before we get to all the, all the things that we should look for in somebody that we date, I do not want you to have the idea that it is holy to date someone you think is ugly. That is, not, that is not like a holy thing. There's no place that Jesus is like, if you really love people, you'll find the ugliest person in the room and you'll go date them because you feel sorry for them. That's not love. That's, not, that's like pity. That's like, that's like just like feeling bad for someone. That's not love. That's not valuing someone because you wouldn't be telling them the truth. Every time you looked in their eyes, oh, you're so beautiful, you'd be like, I'm lying. Like you wouldn't be telling the truth. That is not valuing someone. There's nothing holy or righteous about dating someone you are not attracted to. I know that sounds like we're in church. Like, it's just the truth. Like, you should date people that you're attracted to. You should marry people that you're attracted to. I'm attracted to my wife. I hope she's attracted to me. And you need to get into those kind of relationships. And so we need to make sure we're attracted to somebody. So let's just establish that. Let's just all agree we're gonna date people that we're attracted to. Can we all agree? Nod your head. Turn to somebody and say, I'm only gonna date people that I'm attracted to. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel good? You're full of hope. You're gonna find that perfect 10 on the beach or at school. There we go. All right, all right, all right. All right, so, so now that we got that established, now that we got that established, as I move into this, I don't want you to think, oh, well, does he not care? Is he acting like we shouldn't date people we're attracted to? I just wanted to make sure on the front end, we established that. We're all in agreement. We should date people we're attracted to. But now let's, let's move forward with the rest of, of the content with the rest of what uh scripture says and and what wisdom says so the question we're asking ourselves tonight is what should we look for in a boyfriend or girlfriend what should we look for in a boyfriend or girlfriend but really this isn't necessarily necessarily the right question um, because remember what we said last week, we ultimately date to find marriage. We date to find a mate. And if we're dating to find a mate, we should not just ask the question, what should I look for in a boyfriend or girlfriend? What we should really be asking is what should I look for in a spouse? What should I look for in a spouse? That is the actual question. See, we can't have two different, um, two different like, lists. If you have a list for what you want in a boyfriend or girlfriend, and then a separate list for what you want in a spouse, then you are going to end up in a, in a bad situation. So the question is not, what should we look for in a boyfriend or girlfriend? The question we should all ask, and the question we'll ask for the rest of the night, is what should we look for in a... A spouse. Now, a lot of times people, people mention things like this. I, I want them to be attractive. I want them to be funny. I want them to like sports or be athletic or like the gym. Um, I, I want them uh, uh, to like the bands or the music that I like. I want us to, to have the same interests. I want us to have fun together. I want them to be smart or, or driven or ambitious or cool or stylish or whatever. Like We, we use a lot uh, of characteristics. We use a lot of, um, uh, of, of descriptors for people that we want to date. But there's this guy named uh, Henry Cloud. He's a, he's a writer about relationships and he's a counselor. And in uh, and, and one of his books on, on dating, he says this. I've dated, he, he was talking about how he's, he's, um, he's counseled hundreds of people on the brink of divorce. So these are married couples that have been married for some time and they're about to get divorced. And he said, not once, not once has he sat down with someone and the, and the wife says, oh, you know, if he was just a little funnier, we wouldn't be getting divorced. If she, if the, if she was just A little better looking, we wouldn't be getting divorced. If he just liked the band I liked, we wouldn't be getting divorced. If he would just cook better, we wouldn't be getting divorced. If she was just a little bit better at at, at the way she dresses and and her style, and the way she—I don't really like the way she does her hair. Like if if she—if they were just a little bit more interested in what I'm interested in, then we would stay together but would never heard that one time and the truth is if you think about why you've broken up with people or why your friends have broken up with people generally those aren't the reasons especially when we get to marriage those aren't the reasons here is what he would hear over and over and over again she's too controlling he's overly critical she doesn't listen she overspends money he won't connect with me emotionally he gets so angry he's at such a bad temper she's not dependable See, everything that was breaking apart marriages was not about the outside. It wasn't even about um, little things about their personality or, or things that they were interested in or how funny they were, how many jokes they had. It was really about their character. It was about their character. And, and, and ultimately, that's where we have to begin. Ultimately, that's where we have to begin. Now, I'm going to go through th- three things we should look for in a spouse and That means we should look for in our boyfriend and girlfriend. And this is the first thing. Don't compromise on character. Don't compromise on character. Everybody say that with me. Don't compromise on character. Now, there are a lot of things you can compromise on. Ultimately, no matter what we just said a little bit ago about looks, you can somewhat compromise on looks. You can somewhat compromise on interests. You can, you can somewhat compromise on on little things like eh, you know he's a little disorganized or, or or she's she's a little spacey. Like we can we can get a little bit um, we we can we can we can compromise on those things, but the one thing we cannot compromise on is character. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says this: Do not meet, be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good. Character. And if you go over to Proverbs 13, verse 20, it says this Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. We could replace that word companion with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. A boyfriend of a fool suffers harm. A girlfriend of a fool suffers harm. See, here's the thing about character. If someone has bad character, if they are low on character, if you compromise on character, it will hurt your relationship. It will hurt you. It will hurt the people around you. It will hurt the person you're dating. Like character just can destroy some things if a person lacks character. Because here's, here's the thing. We are ultimately um, initially attracted to the outside. We're attracted to the way people look. And the way people talk and the way people dress and how they have their hair and how they look with their shirt off, how they look at the beach. Like, that's what we're attracted to. But, but we do not get in a relationship with their looks. You're not in a relationship with someone's face. You're not in a relationship with a girl's behind. You're not in a relationship with a guy's six pack. That's not your relationship. You're in a relationship with their character. You're in a relationship with their character. What you're gonna experience day to day month to month, year to year, is their character. You're gonna get in fights with their character. You're gonna have to compromise with their character. You're gonna be in a relationship with their character. Here are some of the character traits. These are just a few. There's, there's a ton of them, but just some examples of character. Is the person um, honest or are they dishonest? Listen, I don't care how good looking they are. If they are dishonest to you, you really don't have a relationship. If they're willing to lie to you, then they don't care about you. It's pretty simple. And you may say, oh, well, he may, I was just a little, and you make all these excuses. But if they lie to you, there is no relationship there. They don't think enough of you to tell you the truth. And if they lie to you about one thing, they'll lie to you about another thing. And you cannot build a relationship on lies. Are they honest? Are they dishonest? Are they patient? Or do they have an anger problem? Do they have temper issues? Guys, we, we all know, maybe, maybe some of you have seen it in your old, own households, like anger and temper can lead to some very, very dark places in relationships, especially in marriages and in families. And so we got to ask ourselves, what is their character? Are they patient? Are they, are they angry? Are they encouraging or critical? Do they lift you up or do they criticize like, like, like uh, is it constantly, well, you should do this, well, you should do this, well, you, you look this way, I wouldn't have done it that way, and all this kind of stuff? Or do they encourage you? Because if they're critical in your dating relationship, they're going to be critical in your marriage. And, and that is a difficult thing. Are they respectful or disrespectful? Here, here's just a little clue for you. I, I've, heard, I've heard some people be like, oh, my boyfriend's so respectful. If he disrespects your parents and his parents and his friends and his ex-girlfriend, and his coaches, and his teachers, he's disrespectful. I don't care how he treats you. That is a lie. That is a front. He's just doing it to make you like him. And then as soon as you are locked down, guess what he's going to do? He's going to be disrespectful to you, or she's going to be disrespectful to you. And so character matters. We can't just say, oh, well, you know, we got to actually look at the person. Not with like the rose colored, oh, they're so hot, they're so good at kissing, blah, blah, blah. Like we can't just look at all that. We've got to actually look at the person. What's their character like? Are they selfless or selfish? Are they humble? This goes along with that. Are they humble or are they prideful? Are they willing to to say, oh, like I didn't know that. Or, oh, um, show me how to do that. Or, oh, I'm not the best person in the world. Or are they prideful? Are they an egomaniac? Are they cocky? Are they arrogant? Those two go together. You don't want to date people. You don't want to be in relationships with people of character that are selfish and prideful. Are they trusting? Or are they jealous and suspicious? Maybe you've had a boyfriend or girlfriend who constantly was like, well, who are you hanging out with? What were you doing last night? I saw that picture on Instagram. What was that? What are you doing right now? Why aren't you hanging out with me? And they're suspicious, and they're not trusting of you, and there's no reason for it. They're just suspicious. That's part of their character. They're jealous, and so that is a difficult thing to be in a relationship with. We cannot compromise on character. That is who we will be in a relationship with and, and here's what we often try to do well i can change them well if they date me long enough i think i can kind of train them you can't even train your dog like you can't even train an animal you can't even make yourself better like like think about it like we try we like uh, next time i'm not going to say that when, when that person makes me angry i'm going to be a little bit more patient and what happens the next time you blow up again you can't even control yourself how do you think you can control or you can change a boyfriend or a girlfriend who you see a couple of days a week or, or 10 or 12 hours a week? You cannot do it. You cannot change someone. That's, that's actually the gospel is that we can't change ourselves. We can't change people. Only Jesus can change us. Only he can, can forgive us and change and transform who we are. So we can't assume, oh, well, I'll, I'll change them. What you should do is say, I'll let them change. And if I see change, then I'll be willing to get in a relationship with them. But don't date them while you see these massive character flaws. And I'm not saying you look for someone who's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But when you see certain things that for you, you just can't deal with, you need to walk away or maybe run away. But you don't need to be in a dating relationship with them. If your values don't match up with them, you're going to run into a lot of problems. You're going to run into a lot of issues, and here's just a couple of character traits, and not to only pick out two, but here's just a couple that you need to run from. If if they are massively involved in in this thing, or if you see it obvious in their character before you're dating, here are the two things: if they are an addict, or if they are abusive in any way, you run away. That doesn't mean they can't change. That doesn't mean you might not be able to date them down the road. That doesn't mean they will be a great husband or wife for some other person. But for you, you don't need to get in a relationship. It is not wise to get in a relationship with someone who is an addict, someone who's addicted to something, or someone who is abusive sexually, emotionally, or physically. Never. Just run away. You have to, you have to value character. You cannot compromise in this area. That's number one. So don't compromise on character. Number two, don't date someone you can't be friends with. Don't date someone you can't be friends with. And think about it. Why are we friends with people? We're friends with people because we like them, generally. Some of your friends are like, eh, I don't really like you anymore. But like, then you stop hanging out with them. But we're generally friends with people that we like. We, we, we talk to them. We spend time with them. I remember in high school, like, at the end of the night, like, if I was taking my friend home, like, sometimes we would just sit in the car for like two hours and just talk about everything. We talk about girls. We talk about school. We talk about work. We talk about our parents. We talk about God. We talk about sports. We talk about everything because we just enjoyed being together. We enjoyed each other's personalities. We, we had common interests. We, we, we enjoyed the person sitting next to us. And that is essentially why we become friends with people. And so in dating, really the only added component is that you're attracted to them. That's basically it. Like it's friends plus attraction equals possible person to date. It's, it's pretty simple. And you may say, well, that, that's not all it is. Like, like when I date someone, there's just that special something. That, that's just that you're attracted to them. It's basically it. You, you, have, you have a physical reaction when you see them and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to have that. And so then you are, oh no, no, they're no longer friends. Now they're someone who I want to date. So that's the truth. Like that, that is the only difference between a friend and a boyfriend or girlfriend is that you have the attraction. Now, if it is all physical and there is no friendship, then there is no relationship. If you don't, if you're not friends with them, there is no relationship. You're just too like Like, organisms that just are attracted to each other, and you're just, like, just together for some unknown reason. Like, that's it. Like, there is no actual relationship. And later in the relationship, or later in the dating uh, uh, relationship, guess what's going to happen? Problems are going to arise. You're going to get to know each other. You're going to realize, I really don't like that person. Man, I've seen guys... And girls who are like, oh, my gosh, they are so cute. They are so hot. Like, it, they are amazing. Like, they can do no wrong. We've been on, like, two dates. Like, they are perfect. And then, and then they're like, two months later, gosh, I cannot stand her. Oh, my gosh, she nags, and she's annoying. Well, I thought two months ago you said she was the most beautiful girl. I don't care if she's beautiful. She's crazy. Like, I don't want to be in a relationship with her. I don't care if he's good looking. He's a jerk. Like, I'm not trying to be in a relationship with him. Like that's what happens. And eventually the, 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 the looks, they just, they just wear off. That's why we see Hollywood. Like the, most, the best looking people in the world just dump each other and cheat on each other. Why? Because it's not all about physical. If it was, then those people would be in perfect relationships, but they're not. Because it's so much more. There is an actual relationship. If you want to compare it, if you want just an example, have you ever seen like, a, like in the winter, like a fire and you got the logs on them and there's embers underneath it? and they're super hot, and if you throw on a new log, it just lights up again, and it takes it on fire, and it will last as long as you keep putting logs on it. That is what a a, a relationship with a friendship at the base is like, but when you're in a relationship that's based only on physical, it's like when you have a piece of newspaper, and you light it, and it burns super fast, and then it's out, and it's gone. That's what a relationship based on physical is like. It's hot, It's heavy and it's fast and it's over. It has no lasting power. There is no relationship there. And so you may say like, well, how can I make sure I get in dating relationships with people who I'm friends with? Well, you spend time with them. You go to their house. They come to your house, you hang out with their friends, they hang out with your friends, you talk, you have conversations. A lot of you just say, oh yeah, we had a conversation. No, you made out for three hours. That wasn't a conversation. Like you didn't get to know each other, like you just licked each other. So that's not, that's not, a, that's not a conversation. We have to actually be in, in a relationship with people, right? Like seriously, we have to be in, in a friendship with people. And so if you want to make sure that you're getting in a relationship with people who you're friends with, listen to this, this is important. If you want to make sure you're in relationships with people who you are friends with, then there may be, there may need to be a month or two months. I know you're thinking this is the worst thing ever. Where you just do not touch each other. Where you don't cuddle. You don't hold hands. You don't don't kiss. You don't make out. You don't do other stuff. Like, you just are actually friends. Just like you would be with your boys or your girls. And you just hang out with them. Because guess what? Then you'll get to know them. And if you still like them, you can date. And here's ultimately the, here's the reality. Even if you're 18, the earliest that you're probably gonna get married, even the the very earliest is like 21. So you've got three years. What is waiting one month? And so many of you, I see so many of you rush into relationships and you're like, oh, I really like them because you're already kissing, you're already doing romantic things. you're You're already treating them like a boyfriend or girlfriend, but there is no relationship. And then when you realize that, it fizzles out so fast. But if you would just take some time and get to know them, without the physical clouding your vision, without the romance just putting glasses over your eyes and thinking they're perfect, then you could realize before you get in a relationship with them that they're not the one for you. And then you could part ways. But so many times you get in those relationships and then there's a break and it hurts both people and it didn't need to happen because y'all were not compatible. You weren't. Friends. And can I tell you, like, for Karen and I, we are friends. Like, I used to be like, when guys like said, like, oh, my wife's my best friend, I'd be like, oh, you're lame, you're whipped. But like, it's true. It's true. My wife is my best friend. We do a lot together. And I know what you guys think, especially the boys think, when I get married, all I'm going to do is have sex. Well, you're not. That's not what's going to happen. It's just not, like, you are going to spend time together. You're going to spend time together. When you've been married for 60 years, guess what? It wasn't built on sex. It was built on a friendship. It was built on a relationship. Karen and I watch movies together. We play with Sinclair. We work on the house together. We go to movies. We walk to the, we walk to the beach or we walk on the beach and we, we, we go on vacation. We hike, we hang out, we, we, we sing stupid songs and we talk in baby voices to each other and like we just do ridiculous stuff because we're friends. We get along. If we were not married, I could be friends with her. Like in just another world, I could just be friends with her. You should be able to be friends with the people you're with. You cannot build a marriage. You cannot build a long-term relationship with no friendship, you need to have a friendship. So give yourself time. Don't rush into the relationship. Give yourself some time. <clears throat> and I want to move on to the third thing. But before I get there, I just want to take a take a little time out. So we said, of course, we should we should be attracted to them. Um, we should date people that we're friends with. We should we should not compromise on character. Um, those are all uh, very important, very important things. But this last one is the most important. And before I get there, I just want to tell you. This is going to seem offensive to some of you. And it's going to seem judgmental and and I understand why you think that. I totally get it. But but what I want to do is I just want to invite you to listen. Just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Open your heart, open your mind because I know some of you are in relationships where this may not apply and, and, and what I'm trying to do is not trying to hurt you, not trying to trying to, 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 to make hurt your feelings or whatever um, because I love you guys, I care so much about you but I want what's best for you and ultimately God loves you a lot more than I do. God wants what's best for you a lot more than I do And um, and, uh, and even the Bible directly talks about this issue. And so, Let's move forward. The third and final one, and the most important one is this. If we are following Jesus, we should date others that are following Jesus. If we are following Jesus, we should date others that are following Jesus. Just just trust me. Stay with me. Give me a couple of minutes to, to explain. Let me go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Here's what it says. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? This is a hard verse. This is a difficult verse, but I want to explain I want to explain what it means because it can be a little confusing. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. So a yoke, I know we don't live in an agricultural society, but a yoke is this usually wooden thing, this frame that goes over the shoulders of two animals. And it ties them together. And so in these days, they would have a plow behind them. They might have a wagon. They're pulling uh, equipment or they're pulling a person or, or whatever. And they are yoked together. And they are supposed to work together to accomplish a task. Okay? That's what it means to be yoked together. Now, if someone was to take an ox and yoke it to a sheep it would not work. First of all, the sheep would like be hanging up there with its legs dangling. That wouldn't work. And, and the ox would ultimately go wherever it wants to go. If you put a mule and an ox together, they would constantly be fighting. They would constantly get nothing done because they would just, one will pull this way, one will pull this way, and you're trying to plow a straight line in a field. They're not getting anything done. This is what a yoke is. Now, now, now let, me, let me be very clear. Our mission as Christians is to go and make disciples. It's to reach people with the gospel. And so this verse is not saying, do not hang out with unbelievers. Jesus hung out with prostitutes and drug dealers and Romans and people that were of different skin colors and people who he didn't agree with. He hung out with everyone. And we should too. We should hang out with all kinds of people and we should show them God's love. We should. That is our mission. And when we get too caught up in our own little Christian bubble, We don't have an impact on anyone else. So that's not what this verse is talking about. It's talking about when you are tied together with someone. There is no relationship in the entire world more tying together than marriage. I just want to start at marriage for a second, and we'll work our way backwards. There is no relationship. You stand at an altar, and you promise, you make a vow that you will never leave nor forsake the other person, that you will stay with them for better or for worse. This is the most um, just important and intimate relationship you can possibly be in. And so there is nothing more like two animals yoked together than a husband and a wife in marriage. They are together. They're together. It's not like in high school. It's like, okay, we're just going to break up. Eh, I just don't like you anymore. You're, You're together. And so let's just think about what that would look like between a believer and an unbeliever. And, and, and I want to use the term following Jesus because when we say Christian, we think of a lot of things. And Some person's like, oh, I'm a Christian, I believe in God. But well, we, we all know the difference between just believing in God and following after Jesus. And if you're not a Christian, ignore this part. You can just relax, play on your phone, whatever. I hope you would listen. But, but it, this really doesn't apply to you. But if you call yourself a Christian, which I know a lot of you do, if you are a follower of Jesus, this applies to you. I just want you to play it out. What happens when you get married and you're the believer you're following Jesus, and the other person wants nothing to do with Jesus. What happens? What happens when you want to go to church on a Sunday morning? Probably going to cause a lot of arguments, weekly arguments, lots of discussions. Maybe you go alone. Maybe you get tired of fighting it. Maybe they'll come with you every once in a while. But, but, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conflict point. What happens when you want to serve and give your time, and the most important person in your life doesn't want to do it with you? That's difficult. When, when, when Jesus is the center of your life, the most important thing in your life, and the most important person in your life that you're committed to doesn't share that faith, that is a difficult, difficult thing. It, it, this is just a wisdom thing. This is just a, a, a way to avoid pain. It is a very difficult thing. We'll, we'll continue going through What about, man, this is a big one. What about when you want to give money? And your husband or wife is like, no, I'm not giving money to the church. That's a bunch of crap. Like, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in anything they're doing. And you're like, well, I'm trying to be obedient. How do you do that when you're sharing money? How do you walk down that path? Well, do you just be disobedient? Do you just stop fighting? Or is it a weekly fight? Or do you hide it? What do you do? It's a difficult thing. What about when you raise kids? I knew somebody one time who was dating somebody and the husband or the boyfriend said, Oh, you can take our kids to church, but for every hour you take them to church, I'm going to spend an hour undoing whatever the church did. Does that sound like it's a fruitful marriage? No, it sounds like two oxen oxen trying to pull each other in their own direction. It's turmoil. It's fighting. It's a tough thing. What about morals and values, the way you live your life, the way your kids live their lives, the way your family interacts with the world? What happens? What happens when the most important thing in your life is different than the most important thing in their life? So if we don't think marrying someone who's not following Jesus is a good idea, then why would we date someone who's not following Jesus? I know this is hard. I know this is difficult. If you have a boyfriend or girlfriend who doesn't know Jesus, I understand how this sounds. But just listen, just please be patient with me. We are not called to missionary date. And I know I've heard heard some of you say, well, maybe I can get them to come to church. Maybe I can get her to come to church. Maybe she'll come. And maybe they will. But here's what you do. You put yourself at risk. Because once you get into a relationship with someone and romance gets involved and and strings get tied to each other, it is difficult, it is difficult to separate that. It is difficult to to, to figure out those things later. And, And here's often how we do it. Here's often how we do it. We find someone we like, and we hope with everything we have that they follow Jesus. And it happens all the time. I'll, I'll, I'll ask some of you, and I'm just asking innocently. I'm just asking. Like, you'll say, oh, I'm dating somebody. Oh, where'd you meet them? Oh, school or, or work or whatever. Um, and I'll say, oh, are they a Christian? And a lot of times I'll just be like, oh, 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 gosh, what do I say? And then there's sometimes like this, this hesitation. Oh, well, you know, I mean, ah, and it's like they have no idea. And they're so scared that I just asked that. And I wasn't trying to scare you. I was just asking. And then sometimes you'll say, well, yeah, they believe in God. And so sometimes I'll follow up with, oh, where do they go to church? And you'll be like, uh, uh, uh. and I'm not saying they have to go to church to be a Christian. But if you said your boyfriend played football, what would I ask? What team does he play on? Where, where, where does he play? And so when you say, oh, well, he's a Christian. She's a Christian. Oh, where do they go to church? And you're like, ah, oh, I'm like, Ugh haven't you been dating this guy for six months? You're like, oh, I don't know. And you can't even, all of a sudden, like you're just like, you can't even talk. And I'm like, I'm not trying to like interrogate you. I'm just trying to ask a simple question. But but this is what happens. We, We date someone and we just hope, we hope that they're a Christian. We don't really know. We don't really bring it up. We feel a little bit nervous. And we do what we talked about last week. We try to just sprinkle a little Jesus in. Hey, Jesus, come be our third wheel on this date. We're in this relationship. I'm committed, but hey, come hang out. Let's see if maybe you fit in somewhere. And, and I just want you to think about it this way. And I don't want to single anybody out, but I'm just going to mention somebody. So like Abby Woodward, Abby Woodward. And you don't have to look at her and, and laugh. So listen, 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 listen. So if she started dating a guy at school and I talked to that guy after, let's say they've been dating a couple months. If I asked him if Abby was a Christian, he would say, heck yes, I know she's a Christian. He could, he could know nothing about her and he would know she's a Christian because she talks about it, because she, she talks about church, because she invites people all the time, because she wears the, the mission trip t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. It's a part of her life. doesn't mean she's perfect, but he would know. And he would probably even know, I think she goes to that church by Dairy Queen. Like he would be able to tell you some things because it is a big part of her life. If you know nothing about your boyfriend or girlfriend's faith, maybe they do have a great faith walk. Maybe, maybe, I'm not discounting that. But the likelihood is that you know nothing about it because it's not really a part of their life. So so here's the advice in this section. Don't wait to talk about it. Don't wait to talk about it. Talk about it on your first date. Talk about it when you first start talking. As part of your talking, as part of your texting, talk to them about it. Ask them about their faith. And I know you say, oh, that's awkward. Well, you know what's a lot more awkward? Asking them once you've been dating for eight, eight months or a year. Asking them like, like when you get to a big decision, asking them when you're moving towards marriage, that's a lot more difficult. And here's what will happen. Romance again, just like the friendship thing, romance and feelings will clog your, like it'll take away your vision. You won't be able to see anything because all you're focused on is the romance and your feelings, and you won't want to talk about it. I want to, I want to close with this story. There was, there was this girl at our last church and, um, and she was dating this guy. Um, or, well, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. She, uh, she always talked about how she, she didn't like that her, her, her dad didn't have a faith walk, but her mom did. Her mom always had to go to church alone and all that kind of stuff. And so she looked at, at that situation and she said, I don't want to have that. I want to make sure I date a, a Christ follower that loves Jesus and helps me move towards Jesus. Someone who's really chasing after Jesus. And so, um, and she was involved in church, serve teams, all that kind of stuff. In a life group, everything. And so one day, she meets a guy, and, uh, and this guy is an atheist. And she knew he was an atheist. And she started dating him. Ah, oh, it's just a date. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing. I don't even know if I like him. It, it's innocent. It's nothing. And her friends were like, uh, I don't know if you should do this. Her life group was like, ah, uh, I don't know about this. And she just kept going forward. And soon she started kind of pushing those people away. Uh, I don't want to hear what you have to say. They'd get in arguments. She'd get offended. And soon those people just started thinking, well, She's not going to listen We're not going to say anything. And it kept on going, it kept on going. They got more serious, their boyfriend and girlfriend. They moved in together. And then one day he asked her to marry him. By this time, she wasn't going to church at all. She wasn't going to life groups at all. She wasn't serving at all. She had walked away from her faith. And he asked her to marry her. And she stood up in that moment. She said, no, we cannot be together. And she walked away from the relationship. That's not what happened. She said yes, and they got married. Because you don't just walk away from someone once you've been living with them and dating them for over a year, once you're tied together. If we are looking for something in a spouse, we cannot exclude that when we look at a boyfriend and girlfriend. It would be like saying, "I'm uh, I'm only gonna be friends with people that are six feet or taller. And then you're like, well, I'll just see if I wanna be friends with this five foot five person. Like that wouldn't make sense because you've already made a rule. And so why would you include that person when you've already come up with a rule. If you want to marry someone who's following Jesus, someone who helps you uh, move towards Jesus, I can tell you, like, like, for me and Karen, like we talk about prayers and we talk about life groups and we talk about church and we talk about stuff like that, and, um, and maybe not as often as we should, but we, we pray together and, 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 and t- say, hey, you should do, li- you should do um, quiet time and all that kind of stuff, and we encourage each other in the Lord. And that's a big part of our relationship. That's why we're both very involved in the church together as a couple. And if you want that, then don't date people that aren't believers. Again, this is not judgmental. This is just wise. It's just trying to help you. And so we come up with those four things. We should be attracted to people. We don't want to compromise on character. We should date someone we're friends with. And if we're following Jesus, we should date others that are following Jesus. If we do those four things, I can promise you, you'll have a better dating career. You'll get closer to marriage. Here's the truth. If we are wise in who we date, we will experience less pain, have healthier relationships, and be closer to finding our spouse. If we are wise in who we date, we will experience less pain, have healthier relationships, and be closer to finding our spouse. I think we could all agree that sounds pretty good. And here's the truth. It's better to be selective up front than to try to fix it at the end. It's better to to, to make some tough decisions early. I'm attracted to them, but I don't think they have the character. I don't think we could be friends. I'm not really sure. It's better to do that than to end up in a place you never intended to be, than to end up in a hurting, hurting and broken relationship, than to end up in pain and suffering. And truly, we honor God when we do this. And we value others when we make sure we date people that we could get married to, that have these qualities. Because as we, as we go forward, if we date people that don't have these qualities, ultimately we're leading them on. We're putting them in a situation to fail. We're not valuing them as people. We're not loving them as people. And so what we want to do is, as we close, I just want to show you a video. And this video is of one of our life group leaders. And she got into a dating relationship some time ago and had some concerns um and then uh and she's just gonna share her story about what she did with those concerns and where her relationship ended up and, and, and what she has learned from that relationship. So check out this video.
1: My name is Katie Lavelle and I work full-time in Beach Kids and volunteer as a ninth grade girls life group leader. I met Todd my freshman year of college. Uh, It was his senior year, and we met through friends, and I really liked how funny he was and adventurous he was. Then my senior year, we got engaged, and then a year after I graduated, we got married. He went to church with me when we dated, um, but there were definitely signs that he didn't actually have a real, genuine relationship with Jesus. Looking back, they're more evident to me. Um, He wasn't going to church when I met him, but he was willing to go with me. Uh, That was a red flag. I never really talked with him about his prayer life. I didn't really talk to him about whether he was reading his Bible or not. These weren't really conversations that we had. I knew that he had been exposed to it all. I knew that he grew up in the church, but I ignored the signs that he was not a true follower of Jesus. I definitely thought that my influence in our relationship could create these things in his life. Immediately after we got married, uh, it was like he didn't have to try anymore and he didn't have to pretend anymore, so he stopped going to church with me. It became more and more clear that his heart was focused on money and focused on success and focused on an image that we would project and that his not his heart was not focused on following Christ. He changed into a different person. He became very mean. He made it harder for me to have a relationship with Christ and then ultimately he did not remain faithful to our relationship. Having been through what I've been through, I am extremely picky about who I will spend my time with, uh, particularly who I will date. First and foremost, I know that he has to have a heart for God. He has to have a heart for his people he has to be constantly pursuing that relationship and he has to put that above everything else i can't go through that again and i'm not going to go through that again and i'm not going to put myself in that kind of situation and you can't just date for a little while knowing that he's the wrong person you have to you have to only date people that you can spend your life with until you figure out that you can't. When it comes to who you date, I think that the most important thing is that you agree on your pursuit of Christ and your relationship with Christ because that's a really important thing for you. It should be a really important thing for them.